0: Asset data used to calculate depreciation and taxes. Hello, thank you for joining us. This is What Counts, a podcast created by Trailblazer Consulting. Here we highlight proven solutions developed through our experience working with companies across various industries, and we talk about how you can apply these solutions to your company. We share our experience solving information management challenges like creating and implementing a records retention schedule, creating an asset data hierarchy, or helping with email management. This is Lee, and in this episode, more and I will discuss ensuring the appropriate depreciation is calculated on your assets for tax purposes. More, you got to take us away on this one.
1: Uh, you're making me laugh so early today, Lee, <laughs> but, uh, but that's a good thing because who wants to be all serious when we're talking about depreciation and taxes? So what's the connection here that we're trying to make? We've talked in previous episodes about differing views into an asset base, differing needs from a data perspective, depending on what part of the organization you're in. And one of the key needs is from the finance department. And finance sometimes has an outsized role in how assets are defined. We've seen that in a lot of different cases where... The um, the finance team, they create and are responsible for the fixed asset register. And the fixed asset register is how the company is taxed. It's taxed either on linear assets by different you know, communities, state, local, county, et cetera. It's taxed from a property perspective. It's taxed as part of the overall income versus operating expenses. And for big assets, you're also talking about depreciation and amortization potentially and how, how all of those accounting activities are happening related to the existence and the maintenance and the condition of these physical assets. So the finance team has a, a vested interest in asset management, but they're looking at it from this high level, big dollar perspective and they want to know things like when you de- decommission an asset do you still have obligations related to that asset and what's the financial value of those so if you're talking about oil and gas pipelines or wells and you might and you are abandoning them you are going to discontinue operations but what kind of obligations do you have either you know, from a regulatory perspective, do you have to cap it? Do you have to clean it? Do you have to actually remove it from the ground? Or if you are leasing land or you have an easement or a right-of-way to put this piece of equipment out there in the field, what do you owe the landowner? What was documented in your contract to the landowner when you got the lease that says, okay, you're done operating, but you can't just walk away and leave this hole in the ground here, you have to clean it up, or you have to fill it in or do whatever you have to do, fence it off. Finance needs to know that because that's part of the cost of decommissioning. So being able to track those obligations to the asset, as well as tracking the value of the asset over time, and from your capital investment, how do you depreciate that till you can write it off? All of those financial calculations tie back to your assets and the better asset data you have, knowing where it is, how old it is, what the condition is that it's in, and how much have you spent maintaining it? Like, have you improved it over time, which might change that depreciation calculation, or have you let it run to fail and you're going to actually write it off sooner? So your asset management plan impacts the value as well. Traditionally, these activities were separate and bringing them together through the use of a strong asset data structure and an asset information model that can create the links between how the finance team looks at something and how the engineering team looks at it and how the capital team looks at it, the capital development or construction team looks at it through those IDs that we've talked about before is a really powerful thing. Um, it's, a, it's a great tool for your organization to not be surprised and to be able to plan for the financial impact of your assets that's one aspect
0: yeah i think you're definitely on the right track i don't remember what the monitoring equipment was called but if you abandon a pipe you may have to maintain like you said that pipe for a very very long time and the monitoring equipment that needs to be uh, acquired to do such a thing is going to be an expense that's added to your to your bottom line as well.
1: Right. And you might be able to do a calculation of what's cheaper to actually remove it and remediate the land or to put the monitoring in place and maintain that over time. In some cases, it could be cheaper to take it out <laughs> uh, because you're monitoring there for ongoing leaks and for corrosion and things that you don't have a lot of control over. So um, the cleanup that you could run into might be worse. The other thing that can be helpful in terms of matching the finances, all the financial aspects of an asset is repair or replace decisions. So a thing we haven't talked about yet is we've talked about the need to create work orders and be able to fault against assets. And that's part of our asset definition. And you have maintenance activities that are happening. But if you can also calculate the cost of the work orders, the work performed. So your routine costs, that's built into your operating expenses, regular maintenance, regular inspections, regulatory required inspections, that kind of thing. But look at your faults and corrective actions and how much these emergency responses are costing you. And if that cost continues to rise over time, then People might have an instinct. You probably already have an instinct. Maintenance engineers are very attuned to their assets, but it's good to have the data too when you want to go make the case to the finance team that, hey, this thing has failed us five times in the last six months. The rate of failure is accelerating. It's costing us this much in real dollars, hard dollars to have the thing repaired every time. It's also costing us in terms of downtime we can't flow gas through the pipe every time that we have to do this maintenance or we turn the shuttle off and we can't get people from one side of the airport to the other, or we have to keep closing that stairwell because it floods every time it rains, that keeps happening in some Metro stations, some subway stations in New York where they're flooding with these massive storms. So that's uh, cutting down on our revenue and also increasing the risk to our passengers all of these things can be added into a model to calculate, hey, it's time to make a bigger investment. It's time to, to replace this with a better system, with a newer system, fix the grading on the subway entrance so it stops flooding every time or, or whatever the engineering response is, but you have that financial data to help you weigh the impact as well.
0: And there are systems out there that after an immense amount of work, can actually not only run the models, but run where you should invest your money in fixing this asset because it's going to have the most impact, negative impact possibly.
1: <laughs> negative impact if you don't do it, positive impact right. if you do.
0: <laughs> right. Yep.
1: right. Either reducing risk or increasing value. So, but it all starts with good asset data and I'm going to stop there.
0: <laughs> all right, good. Good. If you have any questions, please send us an email at info at trailblazer.us.com or look us up on the web at www.trailblazer.us.com. Thank you for listening and please tune in to our next episode. Also, if you like this episode, please be a champion and share it with people in your social media network. As always, we appreciate you, the listeners. Special thanks goes to Jason Blake who created our music. Thank you.
1: Thanks, everyone.